Welcome, everyone, to Advantage Deuce uh, for the French Open, Roland Garros 2017. Uh, Andrew, how are you today? Oh, I am uh, very well. How are you, Nathan? I am well. I am well. Um, we like to open up our show here at Advantage Deuce uh, with a bit of a summary over what has uh, transpired since we last discussed tennis, which would have been the Australian Open 2017. A lot has gone on, Andrew. A lot. Oh, that is very accurate. Some major tennis stories. Major. Yes. The uh, old folks have really shone. That's true. Yes. And yeah. some young folk have also most recently really shone. This is also true. In fact, I do want to talk about the next-gen finals because it's really interesting. But first, I'm going to suggest that we just kind of go over what's happened. So the Australian Open, Federer wins the Australian Open over Nadal. Uh, yes, and then he wins Indian Wells and Miami. Well, you're getting ahead of me. Oh, okay. Uh, some notable notable things that happened at the Australian Open were uh, Misha Zverev taking out Andy Murray and yes. Dim- Dimitrov getting to the semifinals. Some notable things. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right. Indian Wells, there was an all-Swiss final. Federer took out Stan the Man. Uh, some notables there was uh, Sok took out Nishikori. And Kyrgios uh, took out Joker. And he withdrew later. Jokovic. Yeah. And then, yes, again, Miami. Yes, Federer over Nadal. And the notable thing I have from that tournament is that Raonic withdrew with an injury. Right. And then after that, uh, the next big tournament was the Monte Carlo Masters Tournament. And Nadal won that one. We're on. Yes, this is the beginning of his uh, run of wins. Well, it's also the clay season, so for for Nadal to have like a resurgence and look like he's back, it does make a great deal of sense for him to start conquering the tournaments once the surface changed. And handily, minus that first round two match against Edmund, all these wins are pretty big. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty straight. Like setty. six one six one. Yeah, yeah. 6-4, 6-4, 6-3, 6-1, yeah, we, 6-1, 6 to win Monte we, Carlo. We call that dominant. And it and, just continued. And if you want to talk king of clay, you know, don't enter his court and disrespect him because he is the right. king. Long live the king. Um, some notables from Monte Carlo is uh, Goffin taking out Jokovic, the quarterfinals. Yeah, he's a... Uh, Jokovic has been a struggling, struggling time since since this time last year. Murray's been struggling too. He got taken out in the round of 16. Sounds like he's had to battle some shingles. And he's also currently um, on antibiotics as well right now. Which would make sense if he's dealing with shingles. That sucks. Yeah, I don't know if it's the antibiotics for the shingles or if he's past the shingles. It sounds like he might be past the shingles, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess he probably would have to be. Most people can't move. Yeah. I'll point out the round of 16 for Monte Carlo there, the Nadal over Alexander Zverev, 6-1-6-1. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then we go to Madrid, and we see Nadal take it again, this time over Dominic Team. Yes. And Nadal beat Jokovic 6-2-6-4 in the semifinal, which probably felt really fucking good for him. Yeah, that's a pretty handily 
handily beaten. Yeah. Nishikori. Again, with the dominance. And team is supposed to be, Clay's supposed to be his thing. Yeah, and Goffin took him out in Monte Carlo. And Djokovic took him out, walked over him in Rome. Uh, yeah, but he also took out Nadal in Rome as well. Right. Uh, pointing out here, Nishikori uh, allowed Djokovic to walk over him in Madrid. So he's Nishikori looks like he's banged up. Yeah, he uh, wasn't looking good the last time I watched him play, which was probably Madrid. And then, yes. Before the injury. Rome. Yes. Djokovic beat team. And I wonder if team just wasn't feeling it that day, or maybe there's something wrong with him as well, because 6 one 6 nothing is pretty nasty. That's pretty serious. Yeah. And Djokovic also took out Del Potro along the way to that. Team team beat Nadal handily, 6-4-6-3. Part of me thinks that maybe Nadal was just, you know, maybe he lost the first set legitimately and then was like, fuck this, I need to focus on on French Open and not not kill myself trying to beat this kid i don't know he's pretty com- he's pretty he's competitive got those feelings he's pretty competitive i think his feelings are i need to win every game no matter what <laughs> well look at um look at federer that's a huge story that he's like not just the resurgence but also the i'm gonna not play these tournaments he just backs out of all these clay tournaments and says i'm focusing on wimbledon yeah like well, I'm gonna... and he's at the point where he's i think he's probably gonna just play the surfaces that he wants and the tournaments that he wants for however long he plays now. I like it. I like it, especially especially since he seems like he's back. If, if he comes back and dominates Wimbledon, that's crazy. That's a crazy story if that happens. Yeah, and he's like the whole first part of the year. It's all, all wins for him. He doesn't have... Yeah, no, he looks like he's reborn. So it'll be really... Wimbledon will be really interesting. Yeah. How about Zverev dominating Raonic in Zverev the quarterfinals? Zverev dominated everyone. Yeah. In this, like, okay, so he had a three-setter against Anderson in round one, and then 6-3, 6-4 against Troyeki, Fognini, 6-3, 6-3, Raonic, 7-6, 6-1. I watched that. That's when I started watching him, was against Raonic. Then I watched him against Isner, and Isner won a tie break in the second set, but he didn't look like he was in control throughout the whole match. Like, it, it looked like Zverev destroyed Isner even in this three-setter. It just brings up a lot of that, you know, style of of uh, player versus style of player. Like Zverev might match up better against Jokovic than he does against a, a huge server. He just hasn't learned to deal with servers yet, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think Isner and Raonic have pretty similar serving style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like blasted at you at over 130 kilometers an hour. Well, kilometers would be over 200. 130 miles an hour. There, yeah. Um, but yeah, and he beat Joker 6463. I stayed up to watch that. So, and this speaks to our whole conversation at in our previous episode, and that is that there was the rising stars, the turning of the page, the young whippersnappers, which brings us to the next gen ATP finals tournament. Do you know much about this? Um, I know that it's happening. Do you know that it has a different scoring format? Oh, no. It is the best of five sets, first to four games, with the tie break at three games all. It is What? It, yeah. It is fast-paced, no lets, no advantage. Every second counts. There is a shot clock that ensures quick start and fast turnarounds. Crazy. 
yeah, it's kind of unique. That means that uh, it would be really good for uh, people like Kyrgios, who serves fast. He's not eligible. That's too bad. 21 and under players. Yeah, I can think of two people. I was talking to somebody else about uh, the two guys I really like watching serve because they just go and serve. And uh, it was Kyrgios and Isner. Isner does it between the legs in one bounce and then throws the ball up to serve. There's like no time. Shot clock will just be does like the eight dribble as fast as he can and throws it up and serves. 25 second rule. That they're going to hold on to. For this specific tournament. And it sounds like the players and coaches will be able to communicate at certain points in the match, which will be de- determined. Providing additional content and entertainment value for the broadcast. Coaches will not be allowed on court. So not sure if that's like a timeout or if that's just like a walk over to the box and talk to them off just court. Yell at them from the... Yeah, the I don't I don't know. It sounds interesting though. It's just a uh, interesting thing. They're trying out something new and uh, I guess you can just kind of maybe engrave um, Alexander Zverev's name on the trophy now just to save time. <laughs> yeah, considering that uh, w- when I was watching the Rome... Um, all the announcers kept saying is that, uh, and Zverev doesn't like clay. Like, he's not good on clay. This is his worst surface. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. <laughs> That's great. Which, like you know. it Over it, and over again. It stands out, right? It stands out that this is a great idea, but it's going to blow up a little bit on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, Just because Zverev's top 10 now. He's 10th he's in the world. And the rest of these guys are significantly behind him. So this is a, a bloodbath. Right. It's a it's a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, it's going to be a competition between like two through five. I don't know. I really so don't know. Take it, care it's, of everyone? I think it's going to be really interesting to see the other matches that don't involve Zverev. Because I'm assuming Zverev will handily crush everyone he plays. Right. Maybe that is a poor decision, but... I feel it's a safe bet. Like, I would gamble money on Zverev in that tournament, regardless of the odds. Yeah. Well, how could you not? Um, It's so funny that this is coming up because when we go through the bracket, I have him going pretty far in the French Open. Well, we'll get to the bracket. First, before we do that, we have to adhere to the promise we made in our last episode that we're each going to choose three more players to watch uh, over the next year. French Open to French Open. That's our calendar year, folks, is uh, French Open to French Open. And we get to see how much they develop over the next year. And we'll talk shit about our players doing better than each other, but we're not really competing. We're just interested in watching uh, specific players develop. Grow. Yeah, just develop. To see, yeah, just see how far they, they, they go. So I'll let you go first with your first pick there, champ. Uh, my first pick is uh, I got to stay Canadian. Stay true to my roots with uh, Denis Shapovalov. Shapovalov. Shapovalov, ranked number 190 in the world, 18 years old. He is a contender for the next-gen ATP finals. Currently in the list, He will. he's currently qualifying for the tournament. And he's kind of stuck on the challenger circuit, but yeah, we both have a, a quite an interest in where this kid goes and how fast he gets there. Yeah. Right now it's got him listed at 150 pounds and 6 feet tall, so he needs to eat something (laughs) that's that's, uh that's bad when someone's six inches taller than you and and weighs much less than you yeah 
Fuck you, Dennis. Yeah. Although he's sure he's doing a lot of cardio. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so for my first pick, I'm going to pick, uh, in honor of my cousin, uh, the what I believe to be the only Norwegian on the tour. Oh yes, who's this? Casper Rude. I don't know Casper if I'm saying Rude. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. R U U D. Casper Rude. He's also 18 years old. He's ranked 118 in the world. He's 170 pounds. He's got 20 pounds on Shapovalov. Still at six feet. Um, he has improved in ranking um, since since January when we did our Australian Open podcast. He has moved from 226th in the world to 118. He is a mover. He's most likely going to be qualified for this tournament as well. And yeah, he's he's broken into a few tournaments already. He uh, actually got pretty deep into the 500 in Barcelona. He uh, went through the qualifiers. Pretty deep for him anyway. He went through two rounds of qualifying and then beat his first opponent in the round of 64 and went out to Ramos Vinolas. Uh, mm-hmm. Fought pretty hard in the first set too. 7-6, lost in a tiebreak. So... Hey, I'm kind of interested to see where this guy goes. Just because of the Norwegian connection, I think it's uh, it's fun when you see a player that, you know, his, his country's flag is the only one that's there. So right. he's going to be carrying it for, uh, for a nation. So that should be fun. What's your next player? Uh, my next player is going to be uh, Daniel Medvedev. He's the Ru- uh, six the Russian. foot six. Yeah. And uh, he's got a, a lovely record of 14 and 14. His mm. highest rank is 57, but he's uh, 65th in the world right now. And uh, the reason that I'm picking him is that I've seen him beat someone before, which means he's got it in him. He's ready. He's ready to break out. All right. Well, I'll see your six foot six Russian, and I will I will serve you with another six foot six Russian in Karen Kachinov. Perfect. Kachinov is also six foot six. He's 54th in the world. He's 21 years old. So this will be the only year he can qualify for this next gen tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Zverev will qualify for this fucking tournament next year as well. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they might have to just, he might have to bow out because that's crazy stupid. Yeah. If, uh, if he wins. Oh, maybe it disqualifies him if he wins it. If he wins like, uh, well, no, if he wins like a major, you think they would just take him out of that? I think he should already be removed from it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, but Kachanov is a, and I think Medvedev is too. They're kind of like on the tour now, you know, like done with the qualifiers and they're just in the brackets right off the jump. Right. Pretty much. What do you got for the next guy? Uh, I have someone who is six foot one and weighs the same as I do. Um, oh, okay. His name is, uh, Hyun Chung from South Korea and I'm uh, picking him because I think South Korea needs some, some representation and he's going to bring it. It's going to bring the South Korean representation. Well, he's got some pretty badass glasses too, that guy. He does. He's a looker. <laughs> uh, my last one, I'm going with Noah Rubin. He's an American. He's 21, so this will be his last uh, um, ability or eligibility for the next-gen tournament as well. Uh, he's a little bit smaller. He's 5'10", 155 pounds. And um, let's see here. Yeah, he's still kind of fighting with the qualifiers he's uh he's 109 189th in the world but i don't know something about him when i see his picture i'm like noah i'm with you that guy let's do this come on noah i don't really i'm gonna look past your your challenger tournament status right now and i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on you buddy you look like you've uh like you're on a mission 
Plus he's that 21. American. It looks like he's uh, he can grow. He could grow a playoff beard. Yeah, yeah. No, he looks like he's uh, like he's serious. Yeah, he's focused in his picture. So, and it was actually between him and another Canadian, which I found, uh, Braden Schnur. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. No. Um, he's 21 years old. He is 252 in the world right now. He's six foot four, 190 pounds, and he is, yeah, currently just kind of focused on these challenger tournaments or trying to fight his way onto the tour. And his, the one thing that I, I noticed about him was that he's gone from 430 in the world in January from our last podcast to 252. So he's made quite a leap. That's a big leap. In the last few months. But, I mean, when you get to those kind of rankings, it moves pretty quickly, and then you kind of freeze up in the in the hundreds, right? Right. Trying to, trying to break through and maintain on the on the circuit. And then if you get injured, then you're fucked, and it takes you even longer. So Yeah, that sounds familiar with uh, one of the guys I picked last year. So um, the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to address the game that we played. Do you remember the game that we played? Which game? In our last episode. Oh, no, I don't remember the game we played. We took uh, 1 through 10, 11 through 20, and 21 through 30, and each of us talked about players that would uh, fall out or move into the next bracket. Ah, right. Okay. I do remember this. Right. So, to follow up and give you a summary, Andrew, uh, for 1 to 10, do you remember, because you can't pick somebody in, in the first bracket to move up. You can only pick somebody to fall out. So. Right. Do you remember who you picked to fall out? No. Uh, Andrew, you chose Rafa Nadal <laughs> to fall out of the top 10. You were like, you were like, wah, he's going to get injured. Wah, it's going to fall out. He's done. He's cooked. Yeah. And uh, you were wrong. Yeah. Nadal is currently number four in the world and has uh, won several tournaments and lost to Federer in several finals. Yeah. Um, would you like to know who I chose? Uh, who? Uh, Gael Malfi. Oh, and he did. And you were like, no, you think he's going to fall out? You were very very argumentative because you liked Mafia a lot. I do. And I was correct. And he did fall out. And he is currently 16th in the world. Oh, man. (laughs) Now, for 11 through 20, um, you chose who? I don't know. Uh, You chose Kyrgios to move up into the top 10. Uh Uh-oh. And you were wrong. He's at 19. And Kyrgios is 19th. Correct. I chose Federer to fall out even further than he had at that point. And I was very, very wrong. Uh, He moved, not only did he not fall out, he moved up into the uh, top 10 uh, to the number five position. This is uh, us doubting the old guys. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Who, but come on, who was predicting the resurgence of the old men? Of both of them. Yeah. Forget (laughs) it. Nobody was doing that. Uh, 21 through 30. Um, we both chose Zverev to move up, and we were both correct. Yeah, and we even mentioned top. top ten possibility for him to move up, but we were talking by the end of the year, not May. <laughs> yeah. So Zverev has moved up very quickly beyond all expectations, and you didn't choose anyone to fall out. Um, I chose Lopez to fall out, and I was correct. He fell out to number thirty-six. And I just chose him because he was old and because he was close to the 30 position. <laughs> was my So we were, yeah, we were ragging on the old guys. Um, a few things I want to point out here. I, I went through and I found some like dramatic, notable movements in rankings. 
uh, give them to me. Yeah, before we do this game again, because I think we should do the game again, um, I just want to go over a, a list of guys that I kind of noticed had some dramatic movement. So obviously Zverev moved up 14 spots since our last podcast to number 10, and he is 20 years old. Uh, Raonic moved down three spots from three to six. He's 26 years old. Nishikori moved down four spots to number nine in the world. And he, I think that's more injury related. And I think the same for Raonic. Yeah. Uh, Jack Sock moved up five. Yeah, he's been, uh, Yeah, it's been a, a pretty steady pace of him moving forward yeah. over the last year and this year. And it's consistent. It feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually talked about Sock. We thought we were talking about the next American to really do something crazy. And it's probably him if it's going to be somebody, but probably not an American at all until it's one of these next gen kids in terms of like a Grand Slam or something. Uh, right. Misha Zverev is 33rd in the world and moved up 17 spots. Oh, good. That is primarily just because of the Australian Open performance, though. Yeah. Uh, Tomic. moved down 12 spots to 39th in the world good edmund my my guy from my last from my last trio uh down four spots to number 50 yeah uh this tyafo kid the american from the next gen group he's 66 in the world he moved up 42 spots at 19 years old wow yeah so keep an eye on him and your guy chung moved up 37 spots since january to 68th Perfect. Dolgopolov, one of my old trio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's moved down 18 spots since January to number 87 in the world. Wow. Yeah, he's kind of out of it. I thought I'd give a shout out to Pospisil too. Uh, it's primarily, again, the performance of one tournament, I think, but he moved up 53 spots since January to number 82. Yeah, that's bad. A few notables. Uh, Fritz dropped to 133, but he hasn't played since Miami, so Fritz is... Dealing with an injury, I think. Uh, Kovalik, your old guy, he dropped mm-hmm. to 152, but he's also stuck in the challenger qualifier conundrum. Uh, Gulbis, I wanted to make a mention of Gulbis because he's dropped from 149 to 225 since January, and he was once 10th in the world, and he's losing in qualifiers in 2017 and has a 0-0 record on the year for ATPs because he can't get into a tournament, and he's getting into this tournament. He's in the French Open in the wow. first round. So this guy's going to crash hard, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that being said, let's uh, let's play this game again. Okay. So number one through ten in the world. Zverev, Nishikori, Selic, Team, Raonic, Federer, Nadal, Wawrinka, Jokovic, Murray. Who's falling out? Uh, I'll take an easy one here. And uh, I'll pick one of my favorite guys on this list at uh, Nishikori. Think he's going to keep going? I think he's... Uh, He's having problems with his knees and his feet, and they're going to continue unless he takes a larger amount of time off to fix them. So I think he's going to fall out. Hmm. And Hmm. grass is not any better for those joints that he has problems with. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fighter. Like, clay's the the court to play on if you've got those knee and ankle problems. Hmm. I'm trying to make it. I kind of, I might have to go with you because, oh man. Jeez. Everyone else seems like they're just kind of in there. Tough, tough to knock anybody else out because I, I'm looking at Selich and he, he only got 10 points from the French Open last year. So even if he fucking drops out like a 
little bitch, it's not going to affect his ranking like at all. Yeah, and he's got moments of. You know what though? I think Seelich is. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say Seelich because I mean. Just to pick a different guy. Just to just to pick a different guy, and also because actually, hmm, yeah, no, I gotta I gotta pick a different guy. I can't just I can't just pick the same thing as you just because it makes the most sense. Okay. Fuck you. I'll pick Seelich, hey. and we're gonna do another podcast pretty much right away, and I'll be wrong. But that's whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be wrong right away. No, fine. I'll just. I'll tag team you. Nishikori. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I had to. Well, no, because, yeah, we're going to do another podcast for Wimbledon, so yeah, I'll be wrong. Nishikori. Nishikori. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, 11 through 20. So from 20 to 11 is Albert Ramos Vinolis, Kyrios, Batista Agat, Pui, Mofi, Sok, Burdich, Sanga, Dimitrov, Goffin. You know what I'm going to do here? What are you going to do? I'll say that Jack Sock is going to move ahead. He's going to move into the top 10. I think he's going to go to 11. Name of the game is, are they going to move up into the next bracket or are they going to move out? Fine. I'll say it. Sock goes to 10. Sock goes to 10. Wow. Zverev moves ahead further and Nishikori falls out. My goodness. Watch Zverev lose like first round French Open. Fuck everything up for me. I'm thinking about what I want to do here. Mm. Yeah, see, there's there's less time to be right about this this time. I'm gonna have to say fuck. I'm gonna be say bold. I'm gonna say Burdich. I think he's done. I think he's fried. Burdich is going out. Yeah. To the twenties. Yeah. Wow. He's gonna go out early in this tournament, and he's gonna lose most of his 360 points, and it's gonna affect him negatively. Wow. It's a bold move. I know. I know. You're not able to handle it. 30, 30 through 21 is uh, Del Poe at 30. Fanini, Query, Muller, Johnson, Gasquet, Karlovich, Cuevas, Isner, and Carino Basta. Um, that's interesting. Okay. Super bold. Del Potro moves up 10 spots. 30 to 20. Well, a lot of people are picking him to fucking win this tournament. I am not. Some people are. Uh, they're talking about him being capable of it anyway i'm gonna choose query to fall out yeah fuck you samurai that makes sense your moment's over your moment's over and that said let's get to the bracket man yeah i want to say there's a lot of really decent first round matches like a lot of them it's really yeah inter- it's like really El Magro and big <laughs> no that one's i mean they're kind of both in the twilight of their career and they're both well known to me so I would find watching them play to be um, nostalgic. Fine. Like Burdick <laughs> and uh, Struff. Look, if you're not going to take this seriously, I'm saying Zverev versus Verdasco yeah, is cool. a pretty cool first round match. Uh, Murray versus Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov is a kind of a up and comer. That's kind of tough match for him, especially since he's on antibiotics out of the gate. Uh, well, now that I just picked somebody, I've cool. got uh, Query versus Chung. Ha! <laughs> Delpo and Pella in the first round. What else do we got? Yeah, Query and Chung. We got Warenka against one of my old picks. Kovalik, he qualified. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Dolgo Polov, you get to play too. You're going to lose in the first round. Sorry, Dolgo. I have him winning. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Um, How do we normally do this? We just kind of jump to know, the just, uh, pick round of well. 16, right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. 
But let's just uh, see what else is going on in the first round here quickly. Curios and Cole Schreiber is pretty good. Um, that uh, Mafis and Dustin Brown would actually probably be interesting. Yeah, actually. Dustin Brown's kind of all over the place. Yeah. So is Malfi. So that should yeah. be a lot, of, a lot of running around anyway. They could both be all over the place and have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point out Team and Tomich. That's fun. Yeah. That's Hopefully funny to me. Hopefully that's over quick. Oh, it will be. I just... Bernard, you're 24 years old, dude. You're better than 39 in the world, and you just need to pull your shit together, right? Am I right? Just needs to shut his yap and start playing tennis. Fan favorite, old school, nostalgic, Paul Henry Mathieu versus David Goffin. A lot yeah. of Frenchies here, right? Beneteau and Pui. That's unfortunate for Frenchies to have to face each other in the first round. Well, that happens a lot at wherever the tournament's being held. Yeah, sure. But I'd try to avoid it if I was the scheduler. Well, I don't know. I think that the deal is, is that all the wild cards you get to put in there that are your countrymen yeah has the benefit to everyone else they get to play right another like person from the same country right uh i understood yes i get it okay uh first round of 16 i have annie murray and delpo uh let me scroll back up here i have annie murray and almagro almagro yeah what makes you think that almagro is going to turn it around oh you know it's uh on clay you know that almagro is 67th in the world and it has been sucking balls for quite some time yep and he's gonna beat del potro after you just predicted del potro was going to climb 10 spots yeah okay uh, he went out in the round of 32 in rome around a 32 in madrid round of 32 in monte carlo those are all on clay awesome you got anything else for me about omegro no okay he's losing you yeah should, i should, agree you, you i can't change, change this now either yeah you can no it's done won't let me I changed something, although I'm using TennisDrawChallenge.com. Shout out. Well, it's just seven hours left. Why is this? Anyway, I have Delpo and Murray. I actually have Delpo beating Murray, so um, maybe I should have picked Delpo to climb 10. Go back <laughs> to view this. Oh, man, this is annoying. I just screwed everything up. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have uh, Murray beating Almagro, which I'll change to Delpo draw. <laughs> Uh, next one I've got Isner and Kachanov. I've got Isner and Burdick. Fuck Burdick. I've got Burdick winning. Fuck that. I've got Isner beating Kachanov. That's because Isner's been playing lights out lately. Uh, Zverev versus Cuevas in the... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Chung versus Nishikori. I have a query versus Nishikori. <laughs> no faith in your man. Warinka versus Tiafo. I have uh, Warinka versus Seppi. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Typho has been moving like lightning. I swear to God. It's like you're not even paying attention. Gasquet versus Mofi. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sanga, Kyrgios. I have Edmund and Kyrgios. <clears throat> your boy. I picked your boy. Yeah, Sanga's playing on home court. Yeah. Edmund uh, wants to be the number one British player. Sure. Not lately. Yeah. Ferrer and Selic. Yep. Raonic, Muller. Yep. Karino Basta and Dimitrov. Yes. Sock and Bautista Agat. I have uh, Sock and Kakushkin. Oh. So you'll pick Almagro because he's a I Spaniard, know, right? but you won't pick like the, the second better, best Spaniard. The better one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're fucking ridiculous. Simone <laughs> and Nadal. Yeah. Team and Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. 
Yeah, Johnson. Uh, Zabalos and Goffin. We have uh, Karlovich and Goffin. Yeah, that might happen. Pui and Ramos Vinolas. Yeah. And Schwartzman and Jokovic. I have uh, others, Zverev and Jokovic. Hmm. All right. Uh, so you have Jokovic getting through, obviously, in his quarter. Yeah. And team beating Goffin. Yep. Who do you have winning that? Team. Yeah, me too. Nadal and Raonic. Is that where it ends up for you? Yep. That would mean that Raonic beats Dimitrov, just for everybody to know that. That's true. Yeah. And uh, who do you have winning that? Don't the say Raonic. Don't, don't, don't say Raonic. Yeah, I have Raonic. Fucking guy. Uh, no, the answer is Nadal. The nope. correct answer is, is Nadal. I don't think so. Uh, Stan the Man versus Kyrgios. Do you have that happening? I have, uh, no. Stan just won a tournament on clay in Switzerland. I have uh, Waranka versus uh, Sulich. Okay, at least it's... Okay, that's not a big deal. Do you have... Uh, who do you Sulich have Sulich beats Kyrgios on mine. Mm, okay. I got Kyrgios beating Stan the Man. Nice. Uh, Delpo and Zverev. I have uh, Murray and Zverev. I have Zverev winning. So do I. All right. So who do you have in the final? I have uh, Zverev and Raonic. <laughs> and I have Zverev winning. Uh, no, it's Nadal over Zverev in the final. <sighs> okay. King we'll of see. Clay. King of Clay makes history. That's what I got. Yeah. He just keeps doing it every time he wins. So there we go, folks. There we go. But he had that's, a little stumble this last time. so That's French Open. Uh, we, yeah. will, we will bid you adieu for now, and we will see you again for Wimbledon. This should be good, though. This should be a good tournament. There's lots of uh, great storylines, and it'll be fun to see Federer come back to try to claim Wimbledon. That'll be a really fun storyline to watch. Did, uh, one of the things that I thought I should mention that I heard on the, the television, the old telly, is that uh, the last person that was Zverev's age to win a 1,000 was Djokovic. Yeah, I saw that too. So does that mean that he's he's the he's the player you've been waiting for? This is the guy? Yeah. The well, one I think, that's going to win all the time now? I think that we were, I thought we were both waiting for the next great young player to dominate. Yeah, I, I was more so waiting for the next great young Canadian player. That might happen too, though. There's, it isn't just yeah, I know. Shapilov. It's other players that are being developed and coming. Even that, that Brendan Schmier guy I found, there's just going to be more Canadians on the tour in general. And that's really positive. It's all that's very positive. Good. It's great. And speaking to the point of a young player, I mean, that was part of my argument for why Raonich was never going to win a major is because the players that win these fucking majors perennially and dominate the sport win earlier than he is. Like, that's great that he's third, that he got to third in the world. That's great. But I, and I, and I, I want him to win. I do. I just don't think when, when the shit hits the fan and the going gets tough, he loses and he yeah. needs, he needs to break through that moment. And he almost did it against Marie in the, in the ATP finals. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. So, and, and the injuries keep happening. And I, I don't know. I think it, it could very well be a possibility that his body just closes that window for him. And that's sad. But yeah. I mean, these young players, like now it's now it's going to get more difficult because if he doesn't do it now, fast as as quickly as he can, then the t- the clock is ticking, and these players are getting better and better. So, although saying that, his best surface is next go around. Yeah. So if Federer comes back from his hiatus and he's still 
100% on top of his game, dominating everybody like he was at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. That's that's tough. If if he come if Federer comes back and he's not quite, you know, at the same level that he was earlier, then yeah. Yeah, that there's a window. But you had a window before when McEnroe was was in your corner and Jokovic keeps looking better and he just hired Andre Agassi, so yeah, for just the French Open, I think it's going to be the same as McEnroe. Poss- yeah, okay. But I'm I'm just saying like Jokovic is going to start improving from here on out, I think. And Murray's going to start putting his game back together after getting healthy. And it's not getting easier, is my point. It's just going to get harder. So you need to rise up and take it, or you need to sit down and shut the fuck up. Take it. Take it. (laughs) I'm Um, I'm losing patience with him because it's like, dude, you you have the skills. And he knows. It's interesting, too, because it sucks watching him lose when he can hit backhands now. Like, I remember when he couldn't hit a backhand ever. Like, they'd hit it to his backhand, and he'd, like hit it out of the court. Now he's got like this slice backhand that's pretty good. Still can't win. Well, he knows that he has the skills and he knows it's mental and he just needs to turn that fucking over-analytical brain off that's dissecting everything on a psychological level all the time and just, you know, play from the gut a little bit, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be cheering for him either way and I hope he wins, but at this point, I almost like when he goes up in these quarterfinals against somebody like Nadal like Nadal mm-hmm. if Roundage loses I'm not a surprised or b that disappointed because I also don't think like if Roundage beats Nadal in the quarterfinal that that guarantees him a semifinal victory and a grand slam championship so no. it's, it's not like I mean if if, if Roundage gets to a final then yeah I'll bleed Canadian red and white for him but if he's not in a final, then I'm just going to be like, meh. Yeah. I kind of, I, I also want Nadal to, because I've always, always appreciated how much of a sportsman Nadal is and just some of the behavior he's exhibited on the court, like, telling players to challenge because he knows it, was, it wasn't it was called right. Like, that's so honorable. You don't see people do that. And then Jokovic yes. is faking injuries to get timeouts and shit, and it's just disappointing. To see someone with such great talent act like a dick, and then someone with such great talent have to be hindered by knee problems when he's such an exceptional gentleman. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you done worshiping? Have you had enough? Yeah. Well, then I'll play uh, the. Uh, that's enough. I'll just play the the music then. Yeah. We thank you, everyone. Please go to sadsackstudios.com. You can take a look at everything else we do. Trailer Park Podcast, One of Lunatics. There's other projects as well. And you should check out all of them. You can follow Andrew at The Intern TPP. You can follow me at T-Park Podcast. And we'll see you in June for the grass. Uh, preemptive congratulations to Zverev for the French Open win. <laughs> uh, Nadal, you are still the king. And I until don't they, dispute that. Yeah. So, congratulations to Nadal. On a for, well had for his French Open win. <laughs>